This is Pamela Kuhn, and the curtain is up on Center Stage, the show about the arts and the artists behind their work. Well, folks, Sunday night was the broadcast of the Oscars from Hollywood, a show which has an almost holy grail feel for me, being the movie, movie lover that I am. I wait with anticipation for all of the award shows. I want to see the glamour, the camaraderie between the professionals in the audience, the bad jokes, the wondering why we never have Billy Crystal back on to be host, the chats I have with my friends during the ceremony about which actress is wearing the most stunning or the ugliest dress, and ultimately just highlight the work of so many who make this incredible art form soar. But I gotta admit, on Sunday night at the Oscars, my high hopes were reduced to a feeling of almost being assaulted after the show was over. And not even the uplifting sporadic brilliance of comedian Amy Schumer could lift the event for me. After an honestly brilliant acceptance speech by Best Supporting Actress Ariana DeBose, everything seemed to go downhill. There were brief moments of beauty, but also I felt the shocking bad taste when a fist fight broke out on stage, after which I ironically felt as if I was the one who had been attacked. Well, after the constrictions of the pandemic, we all need a lift back to the Hollywood that we have known. But what I felt after Sunday night was simply exhaustion, and I'm deeply saddened by it, I have to say. Today, I have with me actor and podcast host Al Soto, no stranger to the red carpet as he pursues the actors and their stories on his podcasts, Click on This Show and BelowTheBeltShow.com and cameraman, actor, filmmaker, Matt Mickelson. Together, we will discuss what happened at Oscars 2022 a night that will be remembered. Al and Matt, welcome to Center Stage. It's brilliant to have you both. Thank you for Happy having to be us. Here, Pamela. To be here. I love that, the flood and torrent of the voices coming across on the phone. So uh, first of all, I want to just establish to all my listeners that everyone on this show right now is an Oscars lover. I mean, we're all lovers of the movies. But Al, I'm going to go to you first, Al Soto, with your experience interviewing artists, oftentimes on the red carpet yourself. What was your impression of Sunday night's show? Wow, uh, definitely memorable. I think Chris <laughs> Rock uh, summarized it uh, by saying it might be one of the greatest nights in television. Mm. Um, I know that you were disappointed, Tamla, but... Um, I feel maybe we had to take a bad situation and look at it in a way that uh, that we're showcasing what really happens when when um, when celebrities are faced with these kinds of um, um, you know um, adversaries and, 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 and issues uh, among fellow actors and uh, it's about as real and raw as you can get mm. how I would uh, interpret this. Uh, uh, this Oscars, um, <laughs> uh, particularly, of course, yes, the altercation between um, Will Smith and, and Chris Rock, which uh, I feel, uh, yeah, definitely uh, stole the show uh, as far as got people talking, as far as social media. Mm. I mean, I woke up the next morning, every post on social media was about Will Smith and Chris Rock. So if anything, it brought the Oscars attention that it might have not had for a few years. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And maybe this was much needed when the Oscars ratings have fallen by 60% 
last year. Exactly. 60%? Exactly. How could we come to and this? And I know some just conspiracy theorists that think that it might be a staged event uh, due to mm. you know, declining ratings and, uh, mm-hmm. and overall wanting to bring a, a different awareness about the show mm-hmm. in general. Well, I think that was my gut reaction at the beginning. I mean, this had to be staged. I, I know that Will Smith and, and, and Chris Rock have kind of taken pot shots at each other before. But you know what? You've got to be careful when you attack a comedian because you're really fair game after that. Very true, very true. And, of course, there's people that come to uh, to Will Smith's defense in that if someone insulted your wife and, mm-hmm. and made a joke uh, that was very distasteful, mm-hmm. how would you react? And mm-hmm. a lot of people have uh, thought that Will Smith's uh, reaction was appropriate um, due to defending his wife's honor. You can look at it the other way as well. However, I thought it might have been an extreme measure I of defending so, wife's well. honor. If it had been anyone else, if a civilian had come up out of the audience, you know, and took a pot shot, it, he would have been arrested. I mean, it, it really is assault still. But, and right. it, it was extraordinary to me <laughs> that, you know, he hits him and everybody's in shock. Everything goes silent except for in, on the international broadcasts which we know what happened, um, thanks to them on social media and in the news. And then Will Smith just goes to sit down as if nothing's happened, and nobody reacts in the audience. I did read on various sites, NPR, the Los Angeles Times, New York Times, etc., that they were all in shock at the audience's awkwardness after that. I mean, from there on, it really did go downhill. It was, it was, it was very tight. I mean, I, I don't think anyone was breathing for a while. But um, it, it certainly got yeah. us uh, kind of up and watching. Matt, what was your reaction to that same well, uh, debacle? Well, I mean, you know, uh, first of all, you know, Will, Will Smith built a reputation the past 20, 30 years that it all went bye-bye last night. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as, as being a level-headed, you know, gentleman of sorts and, and not falling into to, uh, obvious tropes or, or, you know, just like his movie, King Richard, Be Humble. Right. You know, was his main message to his daughters. You know, don't be a jerk when right. you win. Be humble. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 it gave the whole feeling of the night, you know, no, you know, no matter how privileged the audience was, it was kind of like having that, that wealthy uncle at Thanksgiving that, you know, decides to, you know, uh, uh, go after your wife or daughter or something like that and, you know, and makes the whole, ruins the whole, Mm-hmm. celebration ruins the whole night right and you have to make a decision do you kick them out or do you just you know sit quiet and let it go or do you get up and hit them across the jaw and option number three usually is a one-way ticket to jail so um you know it was very poor decision and and you know he kind of made the decision to basically steal everyone else's thunder coming mm-hmm. after that Mm-hmm. Um, not thunder, but just making it uncomfortable. It's no longer about the awards anymore. It's about this, right. about Will. Right. Um, that was unfortunate, especially for Questlove coming after to accept his award. It, it, it took a long time for everything to settle down, I felt. And, um, and then after that, everybody's kind of proceeding with, are we really seeing this or not? You know, I mean, I'm sure many in that, that audience were thinking, we actually came to this. <laughs> Why? Um, one thing. And one the year th- prior, it was so down because everyone was watching in their pajamas on Zoom. 
you know. It, uh, and they were at Union Station. It just wasn't the same kind of a award right. ceremony, you know. Um, right. One thing I want to say about this, and, and I feel really adamantly about this because I love the Oscars so much. I mean, even with all its its downside, I just felt that the night was being manipulated in a very strange, overproduced kind of way. And I felt that everybody, that includes Will Smith when he accepted his award and gave his speech, everybody was overreaching, trying to make it like we're coming back with a vengeance after COVID. We've got to make this really razzmatazz, lots of money being spent. I had an issue with um, taking the eight categories and editing them into the show when so many actors really spoke out against that, Jessica Chastain being one for uh, the marvelous work, uh, let's say, in in makeup. Yeah, I thought they were going to kick that to the airport Holiday Inn, Um, (laughs) not not just kind of sparse it in there, because it was super awkward. It was very awkward. Oh, you're already on stage. How nice. But maybe the (laughs) biggest... Sorry, go ahead, Al. They wanted to, they wanted to appease so many people that signed um, a petition to get those categories back in the right. telecast, and uh, uh, in doing so, just, just uh, Al. The fact of the matter is, all those categories are very important because without them, this doesn't happen. Yeah, you know, if you don't exactly. have the guys that that weld the hull of the ship, your ship's going to sink. Well, no and, matter how sexy it is on top. And that's you know? what I meant by the magic of the movies and making th- right. this industry soar. We have to celebrate that. But I have to say, they they stated that they wanted to make this show shorter and move it along. Well, it was longer. And also, I really had an issue when suddenly we're seeing a promo for an upcoming movie. Now, that was namely Chris Evans speaking out about watching the, uh, his commercial for Lightyear, the prequel from Pixar. Uh, to um, to uh, the, that beautiful Buzz Lightyear uh, film series. So the Academy decided they didn't have time to include the live awards. They were taped of less starry certain categories, as we've spoken about, but yet they add advertisements for upcoming films. I mean, what's with that? Also, they had little interstitials that said, the most applauded film. And it was I like know. three films you never saw. Exactly. And they were all Marvel yeah. or they were all Disney. I, that, I just didn't get that. There seemed to be a, a weird bias well, to that. I think it has to really do with uh, Disney, ABC being in that umbrella together. Mm. Mm. And that um, those uh, Marvel movies, uh, Disney movies, Pixar movies, kind of take precedence um, because it's under that umbrella of ABC. And the marketing department having really good ideas. Yeah, we're going to drop this part, but you know it would be great? <laughs> but you know what was so awkward about that, guys, is as the New York Times said today, the celebrity quotient during the non-televised portion of the ceremony grew as the hour went on with seat fillers on heavy rotation. I mean, I loved that. You know, the first edited bits, you know, didn't have any celebrities you know, in the cutaways. And then suddenly, as as time went on, they were there. It, it, we we don't buy that, you know. We're not all stupid out here in the audience. But, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It was interesting. Well, speak for yourself there, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Al, what were, what were the moments that you took away that you really loved? Wow, that I really loved um, Jessica Chastain's uh, speech, obviously. Um, you know, many people not to use your acceptance speech as a, a way to throw out politics, but I think she did it in a, um, mm-hmm. an appropriate way, mm-hmm. in a very classy way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one of the shining moments for me. Um, <clears throat> and contrary to what 
others might think. I actually enjoyed the trio of Amy Schumer, Wanda Sykes, and Regina Hall. I thought they were quite funny. Um, uh-huh. Maybe some of the jokes didn't land. Um, although uh, Chris Rock's joke resulted in a fist to his face landing. <laughs> um, but I thought the trio of hosts uh, were, were, were quite funny. Uh, and uh, Amy in the Spider-Man outfit uh, saying that she, what did she miss after she, she, she had, that was apparently good. took all the time taking her costume <laughs> off and then she clearly missed that, that fight between Will and Chris. So um, that was uh, <clears throat> very exciting. And um, just really um, overall that the, the, the breaks in between for some of the the more respected films like The Godfather and mm. Pulp Fiction and Agreed. some of these iconic movies Agreed. and bringing the original cast back. Um, I loved really, that. It was really, really great to see as well. I loved it in the Pulp Fiction segment when they opened up the yeah. briefcase. We saw the same gold light. <laughs> that, exactly. that was so fun. Oh, my God. And they all look so terrific. Matt, what was it for you during the Oscars Awards that really made your heart sing? Uh, well, I, I like that that Coda won a lot of awards, and I like that Dune won a lot of awards because mm-hmm. usually stuff like Dune gets lumped into sci-fi land, and they sold the most tickets, and they get like the award for sound, mm-hmm. you know, or mm-hmm. something. You know, <laughs> Star Wars got snubbed the same way. Yeah, um, exactly. But uh, I also like that Coda got a lot of um, uh, respect because you know that was a very thinking outside of the box. No one's going to like this. It's a small audience. Who's going to want to watch this silly thing? You know, and and it was amazing. You know, it um, really and I just was. watched King Richard, Richard uh, before the Oscars, mm-hmm. and uh, really enjoyed that. Mm. Um, and that was well done. Um, but I wasn't too uh, crazy about the best director thing for Power of the Dog. Um, I, I thought Power of the Dog was quite the snooze, even though really. Um, even though my wife said that there was a lot to talk about afterwards, because the more you thought about it after you watched the movie, mm-hmm. there it's... was a, everything was in subtext. That's why it may have seemed so boring, you know. But it was a little I slow burning. Yeah. While, well, yeah, very slow burning. Where you know the the whole script was all things that aren't said, you know. And exactly. you know when you're writing, you know that everything is subtext. You don't you know, spill the beans, you, you say something else, but means something totally different. It always, but, but for some yeah. reason there was all that talent on the screen and they weren't talking to each other. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I just couldn't get on board because a good hour, I just said, is anything going to happen? Interesting. Um, the and film... if I was in the theater, I, I would have been in a nap at that time. But Seriously? if that's okay. the director's prerogative, that's the director's prerogative. But, you know, I... Well... I Al, how do you Not feel? Not my favorite cup of tea. How did you feel about Power of the Dog? Well, yeah, I, I can. I tend to agree with Matt. It, it was. Um, it was. It did have slow moving uh, parts to the film. Um, notwithstanding, I, I thought that um, Benedict Cumberbatch is still an incredible actor, mm-hmm. um, and, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 the supporting cast was great as well. Um, was it deserving of Best Director? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm. In my opinion, I would have given it to Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. Do you know what? I totally agree with you. I saw, I waited on that film. I saw it last week, and I was reduced to tears. I thought what they did with West Side Story was so extraordinary, the way they filled it out, the way it was sweaty. It made sense with the gangs, finally, with only a touch that Spielberg could bring to movie making. Exactly, yes. 
It was really something. And, you know, yeah. the dancing moments, the, the, and all the dialogue, the way they filled in the dialogue was such great story. And mm-hmm. what can we say about Rita Moreno? And she almost stole the show at the Oscars anyway when she walked in in that beautiful headdress. And right. here, here is her counterpart, you know, Ariana DeVos, winning, you know, like <clears throat> the first Latina woman as Rita Moreno in, in this category. It was really moving to me. And I totally agree with you. I, I knew that West Side Story was going to get the shaft to a certain degree, and it's, it's unfortunate. I really felt, guys, and, and comment on this, please, I felt the winner in the Oscars was Apple because they invested so heavily in the film Coda. Yes. Thoughts? Yeah, that that, oh. that was definitely, you know, it's nice when you're sitting on th- $3 trillion. You mm-hmm. can, you know, you can you can make a movie and not, and not worry about the expense and give it what it needs. Because mm-hmm. most movies, um, you know, a little independent film like that would have, would have uh, you know, not have gotten the kind of money they really need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Al, do you feel that perhaps that everything is shifting towards, you know, the, the the big budgets, of course, with the streaming services? I mean, are we pretty soon going to be worshiping at the streaming service Oscars? I mean, or, or, or by a different name? Are we go- headed in that direction, do you think? I think it's the future, quite frankly. I mean, um, I think that it has been... Um, even um, more so with the pandemic, as as, mm-hmm. as certain folks are not comfortable in the movie theater quite yet. Um, mm-hmm. So that is an, another reason. Um, but in, in uh, yes, I believe that it's moving towards a direction for streaming. And um, but it should not disqualify such a film for being recognized in the Oscars. Mm-hmm. So nonetheless, it's still a feature film at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just presented on a streaming platform. Exactly. Um, and you're but, still but getting really a big hope... budget. Mm-hmm. Matt, I, I really um, hope that that the streamers do recognize the importance of the theater and, mm-hmm. and recognize what a different experience it is, and maybe throw some money into the experience. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. how instead of you know doing the Walmartization of everything and just making everything cheap and crappy, you know mm-hmm. if you're yeah. going to pay extra money to go see a movie, how about a little extra experience, a little extra service? Um, that you're not going to get in your living room because you really don't get a movie in your living room, you know, because you're distracted by literally everything else in the room. Around but when you. you're in mm-hmm. a theater, you have this communal experience, and plus you have this focused experience where you don't see anything but the screen. You forget where you are in, like, the deprivation tank sense of the word, unless you have a large, loud chore behind you. But... Um, Right. You know, we saw Batman the other day, and, and that was spectacular because you're sucked into it. It's a darker-looking movie. If we saw that at home, well, the kitchen light would reflect in the screen, and I wouldn't have seen half the thing. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And the dog right. would be barking. That's what's going to survive. Those blockbusters, you know. the superhero movies, the, the Star Wars movies, they're going to survive mm-hmm. uh, the theaters, whereas uh, films like Coda and, and King Richard, will, will, I can see, just going straight to streaming. Yeah, exactly. I would have loved to have seen Coda in the theater, actually. Oh, interesting. Huh. I think I would have been more vested. I think the, the emotions that, that it was giving me were, would have been so much more. 
I love... You know, it's the difference between seeing a sad moment right in front of you and then seeing it three miles away. It's mm-hmm. a different experience. Mm-hmm. I really love the fact that CODA has raised the awareness about the plight of the of the deaf in, in this world. And the mixture of, you know, uh, uh, having a daughter who's that talented and not deaf and the complexities involved. Um, it, it really celebrated, you know, life. It was just fantastic in that way. And I'm, I'm so glad to see that little movie, you, you know, make, make so much of a big um, uh, impression on us at this point. I'm really thrilled about that. Um, on the other hand, things like Power of the Dog, you know, Matt, you and I spoke several weeks ago about the subject of cynicism and how really it's, it's been a byproduct of COVID. And I felt very much in that kind of realm when I watched Power of the Dog. In mm-hmm. fact, when the Benedict Cumberbatch uh, character started to uh, beat his horse, the film lost me. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking for uplifters right now. And even though yeah. I don't think I would have voted for CODA for best film, I would have voted for West Side Story without question. And, and by all manner, it, it was quality. It was real quality. And Jane Campion does, you know, she's a fine director, but there are many fine directors out there. Um, yeah, I just wish they would have they would have given us a little bit more heads up that the whole script is subtext. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you're expecting to see a movie and you just have this stuff happening on the screen, you know, you're 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 geared up for it. You know, yeah, or maybe a voiceover or something. Mm-hmm. You know, just something I know to let mean. us know that we need to pay attention. <laughs> you know, besides, besides, look, a field. We're going to hang here for 10 minutes. Maybe let someone walk through the camera. That'll be nice. This, you is, know? this well, is very Matt Mickelson. That Parasite from winning a couple years ago. That's right. That's absolutely right. Now, Al, Al Soto, you know, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued with you because you're doing what I really? wish I was doing, being out on the red carpet and out on the streets and film festivals, and you're talking to the actors. I mean, can you share a couple of stories with us? I mean, have you had any encounters that have been, like, especially brilliant or especially awkward? <laughs> yeah, I can share one with you. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the show The Goldbergs. Yeah. Uh-huh. You see? Um, I saw uh, I experienced a celebrity standing up for me when the PR person or the handler was kind of rushing talent from outlet to outlet down in the red carpet. Hmm. Um, and she said, excuse me, I'm in the middle of this interview. She, she told the handler and uh, she was like, OK, um, because she wanted to rush my interview. And I thought that was very respectful. Mm-hmm. Um, one of, and she must have one of liked very you. Moment in my experiences of, of interviewing celebrities on the red carpet. That's fantastic. But she must have really liked your questions or your whole manner because you know you can tell you know when something isn't going well. I mean that's that's great. Yeah. good for you. Well, what about the awkward or you're not side? Asking the same old question. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And we had that rapport already. Um, this is the Creative Coalition. Um, which is a great organization that's mm-hmm. all about funding mm-hmm. schools uh, for the arts programs. And, um, yeah, Creative Coalition is a, a wonderful, wonderful organization, and um, they throw a lot of events around the time of uh, major award shows and major film festivals like Sundance and the White House, White House Correspondence Dinners mm. as well. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Sounds great. Well, what about the awkward moments, Al? I mean... Oh, there have been a few. My God. <laughs> <I'm> sure. <laughs> it's inevitable, Al. <laughs> well, Matt, you're probably going to laugh at me because I I had a quick interview with Gates McFadden of Star Trek fame. 
And um, I accidentally said, Dr. Dr. Uh, Jean-Luc Picard. Oh. And she's like, <laughs> first of all, really quickly. And I was very embarrassed because I was talking to Dr. The other doctor from Star Trek, portrayed by Gates McFadden. So <laughs> sometimes, you know, you, you, the nerves uh, can get to you. And when you do mess up, you know, it's just, and it, it is on me. Uh, you kind of have to play with it. You know? so oh, that, I love that it. That was definitely one instance that was pretty embarrassing. Um, <laughs> I love that you admit that. And, you know, we can't, we're only human, aren't we, as interviewers, Al? I mean, seriously, <laughs> it does happen, but I'm sure they love you. <laughs> Oh, oh my you. gosh. Listen, both both of you guys, what do you think is the future for the Oscars and the awards shows? I mean, they've, they've, they've taken such a rap lately, you know, and with the killing of the Golden Globes <laughs> and all of it. I mean, what direction do you think we're going or do you think we're just fine and, and we're headed for liftoff and maybe Will Smith and, and Chris Rock just brought it home and, you know, it'll pump up the volume. Matt, <laughs> Matt, what do you think? Well, I mean, the, the, as soon as I saw uh, what happened, um, and, and it looked like Will may have had a few scotches in him, but, you know, I kind of harken back, you know, did this happen in the 60s with, like, Richard Burton and, and O'Toole and those guys? Did they do this, like, perhaps, you know, have little fist fights and, and roustabouts? You know, in the wings. Because they were always face. Yeah, in the wings, maybe. And, and like, I, I think I mentioned uh, earlier that, that, you know, every business, every place that we we that that has an award show so they could get together and congratulate each other and everybody gets an award they could loosen up and have a drink and this the, the movie stuff is also for us the mm-hmm. the, the downtrodden the, the public the fans mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and we get to see you know these people who who did a good job on the thing that we love and and then we get to see how you know kind of they act in real life and watch them be humble hopefully yeah. And and then, you know, then we get the little sense in the back of our of our little lizard brains that, oh, that could be me one day. Yeah, exactly. Possibly. Exactly. Because who knows? Who knows? And, and it's, so it's for us. Mm-hmm. It is for us. Mm-hmm. And the movie industry forgets that, oh, no, it's all about the money. No, no, no. Exactly. Forget, we're the ones buying the tickets. It's mm-hmm. for us. Um, so, you know, Thanks, as long man. as you guys don't forget about that. Because once you do, it'll be a very rude awakening when we stop watching. It'll be a boring time. And Al Soto. But I think it's coming back. People want the glamour. Yeah, I do too. Al Soto, just quickly, guys, we've got a minute and a half here. I can't believe this is all all over. But Al, what's the future? What's the future going to hold? Well, the future is people want to get up in their tuxedos and gowns and go to these award shows. Mm -hmm. People were in a pandemic for two years. Yep. So they, they want to show up on the red carpet. Here. These award shows are not going anywhere. Yeah. And especially one less major award show, that being the Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think it's going anywhere. Um, I, I'm sure that people are learning from their mistakes uh, <laughs> every year. But um, for yeah, sure. there's no bigger platform um, for um, for actors in movies than the Oscars. So I, I don't think it's going anywhere. Well, guys, I have to thank you for your input today. Al Soto and Matt Mickelson, you have been incredible. And I, I hope through you, Hollywood will, you know, soar once again. And um, I've just got to say to everybody, 
uh, seek out Al Soto and uh, Matt Mickelson. He's making films, the Han Solo Chronicles. You know, these guys are heavily involved in the film industry, and it's really exciting. And I hope you go to centerstageWithPamelaCoon.com for more information on my show. In the meantime, stay safe out there, everyone, and thanks to my guests. This is Pamela Kuhn, and the curtain is now down on Center Stage.